and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk with family and friends about movies we love or hate, I guess. You could just have feelings about. So um, we have three wonderful guests today. Actually, all of them are returning guests, which I kind of love about this um, gathering of people. So Jared and Bobby were both on a podcast about Independence Day, circa Thanksgiving 2016. Yes. Uh-huh. And then, Bobby, haven't you been on another one? Didn't you have, like, a solo run? Maybe not. I did. I can't remember which one it was, though. I yeah. think it was It Takes Two. Yes, it you're right. It, it was It I Takes Two. I remember singing uh, the Mary-Kate Ashley theme song. You did, and it was fantastic. What a great moment on Good Film Hunting. Oh. And since we're on the subject, I want you to know that I saw and met, ran into... The actor who plays the dad in Billboard Dad this week. Wait, shut the front door. Is he still relevant? You know, <laughs> I didn't know, but I ran into him and I we were talking and he talked about living in LA and I said, Oh yeah, I, I recognize you. You're an actor, right? And he's he's like, Yeah, I am. And I said, That's right, I you're in Billboard Dad. And his wife turns around, she goes, We haven't heard that in a long, long time. <laughs> He's on like Scandal, and he was on Everwood, and a lot of very relevant TV shows. That's amazing. But of course, I recognized him from Billboard Dad. From the Olsen so. twins, yeah, good. Um, and then our last guest today is Chai Court. And Chai, what movie did you do with us? Uh, Cinderella. Yes. Cinderella. Yes. And Chai so graciously responded to us on social media and this is how we have roped her into talking about this movie with us so with our panel of guests today and Eleanor if she ever gets here um we are going to be talking about the movie A Quiet Place which is not a movie from our childhood um but it's a movie from right now and we um, are all going to talk about it, but first, we always start with our favorite pop culture thing of the week. Um, and I'll start because I always have mine ready because I just love pop culture. So my favorite pop culture thing of the week is this song by this band called Jukebox The Ghost, and it's they're really, really good. Um, and... Yeah, they have a song called Stay the Night that just makes me want to dance in a really beautiful way. So they're my pop culture choice of the week. Shall we try it? Eleanor, do you have a pop culture choice of the week? Can you hear me? Whoa. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, well, I'll take that as a yes. This week, the things I enjoyed enjoy the most or appreciated the most would be Friday's The Daily podcast episode about the Bill Cosby trial, I thought it was excellent and really enlightening in how it claimed that the Bill Cosby trial could be the beginning of the end of the Me Too movement. The end of the beginning of the Me Too movement, that's what I meant to say. And then also, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like, it's like stage one is now over. And then... The other podcast I really grew to love was a friend recommended, and I was hesitant because it's produced by Reese Witherspoon. It's called How It Is, and it is outstanding. How is it? <laughs> well, no, no, it's like 
persuasive and like very kind of relevant takes on a hot button topics. We did one about the complexities of the Me Too movement, and it was something that I hadn't thought about where they had this feminist activist who has been in a wheelchair her entire life, and she talked about how Me Too excluded her in such a way because she had never been viewed as a sexual object, and how this movement has made her feel even less of a woman. And I was like, that's fascinating. I would have never thought of that. Also... I mean, I, I, I feel for her, I do, but, like, is there an, a movement that can truly encompass everyone other than, like, we're humanity? Like, I don't know. Annie, today I work with some very woke middle and high school students in Los Angeles area, and they would counter you. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. They, they can one day. Okay. Right. Lovely guests. Pop culture. Go. Who's gonna go first? <laughs> I guess I will. I'll I'll, I'll stand. I'll, I'll jump forward. Uh, I mean, it's it's really not that that huge, but uh, Handmaid's Tale came back, and I was very excited oh, for that. Yeah, so uh, good. Uh, so it's it's nice. Of course, there's all of the cliche comments about parallels and everything to present day. But uh, just on a really dumb point of, I like TV shows that I like, and they're back, and I can watch them. I was very happy. That's great. I would love to hear some woke high school students. The second episode, I cried in. It was very, oh. um, it was very difficult to watch. It was. It was. Um, I'm trying to get back into Handmaid's Tale. I actually fell asleep during the second episode, but since you cried, I should probably <laughs> go back and rewatch it. <laughs> yes. I would say yes. I would say <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I guess for me, pop culture, I've been really entertained by Kanye's tweets. Oh, yeah. Um, and just all the conversation around his tweets and, like, what they mean and um, what he's trying to get at. So that was really entertaining for me. And then I guess the silver lining of it all was then seeing Chrissy Teigen at the Kardashians' house for her baby shower. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. You're just, like, chuckling. I love it. And then also, so this brings us back to a very important point of, like, Taiyi and my friendship. We used to watch <laughs> Keeping Up With Our Kardashians over lunch. And we would, yes. like, I was Chloe and you were Courtney because Kim's the worst. And we had a great time. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, let's jump into the movie A Quiet Place. Um, I, I want to just bring up something because it's now been... <laughs> a year and a half since my debut on this podcast. And I was under the impression when I came on that I was going to be recording some form of intro uh, to begin every podcast. Uh, we still want that. Of, From two different cities, it's two sisters. <laughs> we want to talk about movies. Oh my gosh, she has like the perfect voice for it. Uh, we know. I have not yet, not only have I not been asked, in an unrelated thing, I was supposed to make an app that would narrate your life, and I still have no phrases. Okay, I'll send you some things. I walk a lot. That's essentially all I, I will, do. I will, I will do some walking phrases then. Okay. <laughs> oh, look, there goes Anne. She's walking. I just can't wait for you to narrate my life. It's going to be so great. Anne is um, walking. And she's walking. And she's walking. <laughs> she continues her walk, walk. down the street. Okay. <laughs> Because we still aren't on A Quiet Place yet, I really want to jump in with my favorite pop culture Sorry. Um, moment of this past week. And I have two. 
One is watching the recaps of the White House correspondence <laughs> dinner. Yes. Um, as introduced by Michelle Wolf. Mm-hmm. That was hysterical. Um, that was one. And then the second was following the Allison Mack trial, who was found yes. on Friday. Or sorry, she was charged on Friday. I don't even know what you're talking about. So Allison Mack, the uh, best friend on Smallville, was indicted as part of being a member of a secret sorority within a cult uh, based in Albany, New York. Uh, Terrifying. The cult was called Nexium, uh, and there's a secret sorority in there for women, um, and they did fun things like branding uh, the founders' initials on their bodies and stuff like that. It was all the subject of 2020 on Friday. Check your local listings. <laughs> Do you work for ABC? For a living? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's like crazy. Okay, people are weird. Okay, anyway, let's talk about A Quiet Place. Um, would one of you guys like to give a synopsis? Or each of you, you know what? We do this in fifth grade reading circles, so maybe we try it here. I'm going to have Jared start, and he can only say one sentence, and then Bobby can only say one sentence, and then Taiyi can only say one sentence. And with those three sentences, we'll get the whole movie. Okay. (laughs) In a world where a single sound will attract a predator and murder your family. Bobby. Yes. How do you continue? <laughs> you need me to talk about... Oh, it's my turn. It's your yeah. turn. <laughs> A family struggles to stay alive. Okay, tight. Popcorn? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh... None of us have actually said a complete sentence, by the way. <laughs> I know, but it's best thing ever we should Um, do this all the time and as they uh struggle to stay alive they discover the complexities of different family dynamics Ooh, that was an excellent end to that sentence chai thank you (laughs) are you getting a phd or something yes yes she is something like that yeah something yeah yeah Um, okay Um, what drew you all to this movie what made you so passionate that this was like I need to share my feelings to the interweb plot holes in a word (laughs) (laughs) Catholicism in a word (laughs) (laughs) okay Bobby Taiyi is from Boston so like when you talk about Boston Catholicism like, we've got an audience. Oh. Yeah, okay. So you understand. Did you Wait, what? recognize it as well? Um. No. Can really? you expound? Okay. Like, I, now I'm really interested. Okay. I feel like I missed something. <laughs> it's all Eleanor, Eleanor and I have talked about since seeing the movie, so. Uh-huh. Um. That's okay. We all see different things, and that's what makes this beautiful. (laughs) That's true. Are you from Boston? No, I am not from Boston. I went to school in Worcester, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, Do you live in Boston right now? No, I live in Austin right now. 
Ugh, I love Austin. Uh, that's what everyone says. <laughs> no one's like, F- Austin. <laughs> I've never been to Austin, so I don't have an opinion. Come to Austin. Okay. Yeah, Most people, when they come to visit, they like it a lot. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Bobby, back to Boston Catholicism. Yes. Explain. What Boston Catholicism is. <laughs> no. I think a lot of it, <laughs> and Eleanor can chime in, as can anyone else, but as John Krasinski is a fellow Bostonian, I did not know that. Newtonian? What? He's from Newton, Mass. I, I did not know that. What? It's like him and BJ Novak. They went to high school together. And my mom. Yeah. That's, that's really adorable. When I think about well, it, I wants to burst. But it's very... Maybe that's why I love him so much. In watching A Quiet Place, a movie about a heteronormative nuclear family that is trying to maintain normalcy and move forward in life under really dire circumstances it was very easy to see a lot of the values of Irish Catholic Catholicism kind of woke Polish. what was that? he's definitely also Polish because you have a last name Krasinski and you're absolutely if he's part Polish well he's Polish yes but he's also from Boston so I feel like by default everyone there is a little Irish Catholic Except yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny's like, I'm Caribbean. <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't recognize it, because I'm like, this is not, like, my culture. Yeah. <laughs> I did, rec- I definitely did recognize, like, Catholic undertones to this movie, and then I was talking about it with other people, and they were like, well, that's weird, because, like, John Krasinski is, um, what's the thing that Tom Cruise is? A Scientologist. But then I did research, and he is... He's not a Scientologist. He was a Catholic. People don't really think he practices anymore, but he was definitely raised Catholic. But you kind of have, like, the the themes of sacrifice. Um, you have, a, like, a particularly strong father character who's trying to save everyone. Um, who's motivated by guilt and has to take on the burdens of the family and must sacrifice, but then I think, for me, so much of the Catholicism of this movie, even more than, like, overt Polite message, was about the, about how the female figures serve as both, the, like, the stain or cause a lot of, of a lot of the problems. Um, even the fact that it was, realistically, it was the older sister's fault that the youngest brother died, but it was also because of her that she was able to protect parts of the family, so she still had these reductive qualities. The fact that the woman, like Emily Blunt's character, her being poses the greatest risk to the whole family's safety, but she also like brings them together because of bringing in new life. Do you guys hear that? I do. Yes. I'm not sure what that was. Your your microphone sounds like um, hearing. Yeah, (laughs) it really does. So it's very appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, apropos for this movie. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this movie, and I found out this past week um, that they. So Bobby, it's Paramount, right? It is Paramount. We are 
thrilled to have A Quiet Place because it made $50 million in the first weekend, and that's better than, like, any of our movies have done in the past couple of years. And they were so excited that they got us all food trucks on the Monday after it opened to celebrate. So um, I'm just wondering what the Marvel folks are getting after the opening of Avengers this weekend. Yeah, because they've made, like, billions. Um, But they have actually already signed, they've already signed for A Quiet Place 2. No. Yes. This time it's What's quieter. What's about A Quiet Place in relation to Paramount is the new president who took over about a year ago, it said that A Quiet Place was the first movie he was responsible for greenlighting. Um, and a lot of that was just because it was so low budget and it was... Well, the pitch went really well, and so this movie kind of marks what a lot of people are hoping will be a turnaround for the studio, especially under new leadership and with a lot of people coming in from Fox and Disney. They're hoping this will be kind of the beginning of a renaissance. Oh. I feel like there doesn't need to be a sequel. I would agree. I don't think there needs to be a sequel either. Um, I'm actually surprised they didn't tie the movie into the Cloverfield franchise. They were talking about doing that, but I guess ultimately they decided not to. Um, Well, okay, here's the thing. I don't think it needs a sequel. I think it was like a pretty wrapped up narrative in itself, but I don't hate the idea of a movie that's like entirely centered on Emily Blunt just like killing those things, you know? Like, I don't hate that. So this brings us to the plot holes. And there are so there are so many of these. Um, namely, the fact that so first of all, even if we assume that they can only be weakened by the sound waves that then allow them to be shot, and for whatever reason, bullets would not have worked prior to the sound waves having been used. And I should probably say that everything I'm going to say is a spoiler. I just muted but so I don't understand why you can't <laughs> be distracted so by loud noises. And when we see the waterfall like that seems to hide the noise, so I don't understand why we... I mean, the simple perspective is move behind the waterfall, and then if you extrapolate this a little bit, I don't understand why they couldn't just be generating noise. They seem to have no shortage of resources. There were fireworks, they had... All sort of, for no reason, oscilloscopes in the basement that didn't even seem to be connected to anything. Why could they not have just been generating, like, a radio or something on the opposite side of the farm that would have just drawn these things to the noise? It's kind of like, has no one been on a patio in the summer and, like, there are mosquitoes and you just, like, have, like, the light that, like, a little further away and all the mosquitoes just, like, fly around the light? So I think you just planned the sequel. (laughs) As everyone comes to their senses, the sequel is everyone moves behind the waterfall and they have this one place in the center of a field where all the fireworks and everything goes off, and then the radio waves make their heads explode, and then the movie's over. Five-minute movie. Five minute. <laughs> Jared, they need to get you on that writing team, like, ASAP. Seriously. <laughs> it just seems... So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Since there is a sequel that is in the works, and the movie was very success- successful... Presumably, the budget for the movie is going to increase significantly. Mm. Do you think that that's going to um, 
inhibit creativity, or do you think that with a larger budget, the story will be enhanced in a way that they could do in the first movie? Because I think part of the charm of the first movie and the reason it worked is the simplicity of having a small budget and small scenario, few characters, and rely heavily on visual effects. Yeah. Agreed. I think, if anything, actually, the seeing the monsters uh, was almost a downside. Like, the, the knowledge that they were there when you couldn't see them was far, far greater. But didn't you love the animation that takes you deep in the mirror? Of course, yes. Yes, yes, of course. Auditory uh, animations are always fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I... So part of the reason I, I wanted to see this movie and saw this movie and liked this movie is I really like passion projects. I like movies where somebody is clearly very invested and has written, produced, directed, whatever, Um and this was clearly a movie that John Krasinski felt called to make. And I don't know if I'm going to get that same feeling from a sequel, you know? Like, I don't know that I need to see the sequel. This felt like a movie he had, he felt he had to make. And the sequel, I'm going to be like, oh, he just wanted to make more money. Yeah. Well, I, he's not the one necessarily pushing the sequel, right? Isn't he already signed up for some type of, like, space movie? Oh, I don't know. I thought that was the case. I would love to see John Krasinski in space. I'd love to see John Krasinski anywhere. I'm so happy that he's from Boston or Boston, like, adjacent. Maybe that's why I love him so much. I knew there was something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait, but, okay, tell you, we didn't, I made it all the way to you in terms of, like, what drew you to this film in terms of the need. Um, I thought that it was interesting, first of all, that he wrote a movie where his wife was, like, I guess the star of the movie. And I don't know. I just wanted to see how that would play out, <laughs> honestly, like, what those dynamics would be um, on film. And it was the first movie that I've ever gone to see by myself. So I thought that was really, like, ironic, like a quiet place by myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was, I don't know. I just, I wanted to see him and his wife in a movie together in, like, a, an odd situation so that was really what pulled me to it I love their re relationship in the movie like it is very sweet and I loved the scene where they were listening to the music and dancing to Harvest Moon which is a great song um but it was very sweet and it felt very intimate and personal. And I like kept looking at the screen during that scene. I was like, how cool must it be to like finally go to work and to be able to have this kind of scene with your actual significant other, you know, like that might, must've been such a relief. Yeah. Or it's just so, it's so <laughs> earnest. It's so, um, you can tell he has such admiration for his wife as he should, because she's so easy to watch act because she's so uh, empathetic. And so it was kind of going off to the point made about passion projects. If nothing else, it's a really lovely, I 
guess, like, platform to showcase his wife's talent, who I think is endlessly talented. So I, I really enjoyed that. Agreed. Yeah. So good. So I guess, friends, we've been talking for a while now, so we need to talk about this movie's legacy, where we think this movie kind of falls in terms of, I don't know, cinematic history, if that's where we want to go, or in terms of, like, should little kids see this? I know that all of my students were very excited about the trailer. I don't think any of them were allowed to go, so they don't have opinions on it. Um, but they were very excited about it. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> yeah, and then my mom. Infidelity. I get it. <laughs> uh, but also, we needed one to this point to do a podcast about what lies beneath. Because, well, it's like Harrison Ford as a villain, which is very troubling for me naturally. Um, but. privilege. There you go. Always bring it back. <laughs> so, can we hear from our white men? <laughs> well, let me just tell you how great it is to be privileged. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, Bobby, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this one. Um, it's true. Uh, it's what true. a life I lead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I can bring anything to the table in terms of a white male perspective. I was like, how is it going to finish this sentence? <laughs> I, I, I thought from a, a film perspective, it was a fascinating kind of just, in the sense of, it, it moved, I guess, some of the craft a little bit, I thought, in the sense that it had so little dialogue in it. It was just a really interesting movie to watch that just didn't seem so... I mean, kind of by necessity, it, it 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 couldn't be as formulaic, and it couldn't. It wasn't even. It had to kind of reinvent new ways of, in a way, of telling the story, since there were so many scenes that had no dialogue at all. And I thought that was pretty refreshing. Agreed. Bobby. No, I agree. Uh, as a non-white male, <laughs> as a black female. <laughs> I, um, one of the things I noticed, and I guess it doesn't really come into play because the film focused on one family, was that there were no black characters in the movie. Mm. And in my mind, I said to myself, that's because, as in most like horror or thriller films, like 
we as a culture tend to stay away from like, okay, there are monsters, we're going to move away, we're going to get away from this. Whereas John Krasinski and his family were like, we're going to tough it out, we're going to make it work. And I just wonder, like, I know in the movie the way that people had those like uh, sort of like beacons lit, um, I guess that showed that there were still other people around. Um, I just wonder like why they decided to stay in that area. Was that just the people who ended up surviving and they didn't know where to go? Or was that like an intentional thing? Like we're going to stay and stand our ground. And I guess they were farming. So like we're going to protect our farms. And Right. And maybe those families will like, will get to know in the second movie and maybe they're black, you know, like. Maybe. I don't think that will happen. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> someone farts like what if it just happens to be noisy what happens do you all I, die that's incredibly intellectual I, you should definitely play the involuntary bodily functions that, that and that that is a true horror movie that if you fart you die Yeah, you guys like have now made me question this movie a lot. Where before I was like, this is fun. Now I'm like, what would happen if it rained? Like I never thought about that. Do the monsters oh just freak God. out? Well, rain would presumably be good because it would spread the sound out over a, a large area. Right. No, they're not in California because they don't have to worry about drought. But the bigger question would be, why didn't they just move closer to the waterfall? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, okay. Sorry, this is like a random thing because now I'm thinking of the waterfall scene. But the little boy who plays the son in this, who doesn't die, he's going to play young Shia in the movie Shia's making about Shia's life. I'm so excited. Shia's making a movie about his life? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be the best. Side note. Oh my god. the subject, but where was the electricity coming from? I don't know. I love this guy. I, lo- I love it. <laughs> I mean, like, it, presumably it was still coming from the central grid, but, like, because if they had a generator, generators are unbelievably noisy. But then there were still, it, I mean, we also, it kind of hints at the fact that society hadn't collapsed because we see these little lights out someplace. Clearly there are still utilities. 
the water is presumably on, there's electricity, like, are they just the weird ones who, like, don't want to go into town and, like, where presumably everyone else is still living? Like, okay. Maybe that'll all be in the sequel. <laughs> we'll, learn, we'll get so many answers. Um, maybe they're the only family that's being hunted by these monsters. Right. Maybe, maybe they just have a serious mental disorder and are hallucinating. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. These are all questions that will hopefully be answered in a quiet place, too. Quieter. Quieter place. What if they, like, like all a dream and John Krasinski's alive? There's so much that could happen. Okay, well, as we mull these possibilities... And hopefully John Krasinski will listen to our podcast and take some of them and, and run with them. We need to start wrapping this puppy up. So why don't we always close out with where in the world we would like to be, where we'd like to go right now. If we could go anywhere. It's a great question. I would go to Italy. I want to go to Florence right now. I'm, yes, I'm very in the mood for rolling hills and call me by your name there we go all the nectarines you can eat uh. and do I <laughs> so random <laughs> have you seen call me by your name Tai? no yeah, we have opinions. I have opinions. Uh-oh. But they might be inflammatory, so I'll keep them to myself for a later podcast. <laughs> inflammatory towards nectarines? <laughs> yes. I am heartily against nectarines. No. Okay. Jared, how about you? Where would you go? I mean, number one on my bucket list for a long time has been Bhutan. I really want to go to Bhutan at some point. Uh, but in the short term... I don't know. I think I just want to go somewhere warm and kind of relaxing. Like Austin. <laughs> there we go. Austin. Yeah, really there. They have really good tacos, Jared. Yeah. Then I'm there. Okay. Tacos That's and vibes. Like Tai, where That's would you go? Oh my gosh. So, uh, my sister just got back from France. She was in Nice and Cannes, and I. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I always wanted to go to Paris, but, like, now I'm in the mood for, like, not the part of, of France where, like, everyone goes and everyone's super excited. I want more of a relaxing vibe. Um, so I would love to go to, yeah, like, the south of France or someplace that's not directly in the city for some vino. How do you say wine in French? Wine. For that. Uh, and lots of cheese. Fromage. I know how to say that one. <laughs> that sounds lovely. We should all join you. Yes. Um, Eleanor? Um, I have like two. I'm going to like two separate ways. One, Tahiti, because I got an email that was like cheap flight to Tahiti. I, I like, forwarded nah. it to you because I said the same thing. <laughs> and then also I met a Uber driver yesterday from Nepal. And I think part of it is I, like, fell in love with him, but also we were talking about Paul, and I was like, I want to go through there. So that's part of it. Okay. If I could go anywhere right now, 
Um, I'm going to say New Zealand. I want to go hiking. So anyway, so thank you all so much for coming on our podcast today. It's always fun with multiple people. Um, thank you listeners. You can find us on all the platforms. You like Taiyi can get on our podcast by commenting on social media, (laughs) a true podcast success story. Yes. (laughs) Before we know it, Jared will record an opening and record Annie's life. And then Bobby will continue to crush life at Paramount. And then Taiyi as the PhD candidate extraordinaire I'm not a candidate yet (laughs) (laughs) okay Tai you do so much online and you write so much and you produce so much where can people find you oh my gosh Uh, you can find me on theblackeducator.com I'm starting another site for black women writers called feminessay.com uh you can uh email me <laughs> i'm on facebook um i don't know there's tons of stuff happening right now so i feel like a lot of a lot more things will be popping up maybe you'll find uh, a paramount movie i don't know <laughs> anything is possible all right <laughs> well make sure all of our listeners know so thank you all for joining us today and we will talk soon all right Bye. thank you